I want to share a word with you this morning that's a bit of a follow-up uh, to last week. Hey, gorgeous. I can only be talking to one person. Just to give you a little heads up. You don't have to wonder who just uh, caught my attention. And uh, Karen's always in and out of the children's ministry area, so she slips in and off that back row. And I'm probably in trouble for pointing that out. But nonetheless, you just totally caught my attention. Uh, I was thinking when we were singing the song about I love your presence, I was just, I, you know, I was thinking about what it's like to, to have been married to this amazing lady for 23 years and just how fun yesterday was just because I was home and we were in the same place. We didn't even get to do that much together, but it's just so amazing when you really love someone. It's just nice to be where they are. And the Lord was just saying that, you know, that's what it feels like. Uh, only times I don't even know how to express it. When we really come to a place of knowing who he is and what it's like to be with him, it's just so so sweet, such a sweet thing. You know those friends you have even if you're not married in your life that you just like to hang out, you just want someone to be sitting over there, you know? And But with the Lord, just to know that we can have that kind of relationship with him just just blows me away. And And we can. I hope we do. Uh, just a bit of a reality check this morning. In fact, that's the title of this morning's word, is just reality check. And I'm going to stay closer. You're going to find me not so far away from the stick podium, the music stand this morning, because I have just some notes that will uh, be necessary for me to follow, frankly, because um, this is something that the Lord's just been doing in me in the last few minutes, so to speak. I use the word minute when I mean like an indefinite, uh, undefined period of time. <laughs> I'll see you in a minute. It means I don't want to say bye. <laughs> or I've been working on this for a minute. It could be six months. But nonetheless, that this is just something that I just feel like the Lord... And we're, we're kind of in this place right now. Actually, we had a really cool meeting this week with the teaching team here at Dwelling Place. And we were just dreaming out some of what God's going to do forward. And um, hearing the Lord. And, and you'll be hearing from Mitch in a minute. <laughs> um, See, I used it that way that I just told you I would. So I was consistent. Uh, but even just a bit about identity, really. Because last week, but, but maybe a different take on that. You know, it's good to get fresh perspectives. And this morning downstairs in, in uh, children's ministry, they're going to be looking at one of the words that we're looking at this morning about who made us and how. So that's exciting. And I know the women's encounter that's coming up, really the theme for that is identity. And so... God, you know, knows what God's doing, and He does that in a way that's that um, has um, synchronicity. I'm gonna make up another word. He synchronizes His effort in us. He helps us be together in what we're doing. There's, here's a, probably a better word. There's unity in voice in the body of Christ. Have you ever noticed that? That's a little bit of a sidestep. But have you ever, like, you hear words somewhere, and then maybe you just catch something on the radio, or you pop the podcast. Or you're just having coffee with a friend and you're like, hey, I just heard that. I just think it's really cool how God just begins to speak something. I see some of you folks see that happened this week. You're like, hey, that just happened to me. That's exactly right. Because that's, that's what God does and that's what God's doing. And, and there's a bit of that. Last week we, we spent some time talking about uh, the Father's... Uh, view of our story, his version, as it were, of our story. We talked about that, what's his version of your story. And we really considered the prodigal sons 
and how they each had a different version of what life had been like for them and, and what their destinies were going to be because of their historical view had clouded their futuristic view of who they were meant and made to be. And we, we talked about that. The Father had a different version of that. And this morning I want to follow up on that a bit. We won't go down that road so much, but just to talk about the view of you He has of you. Maybe even more specifically than your story, though that's sort of the same, okay? But the you that he says you are. Because here's what I hope. I hope that we would be real. That we could be real, you know? Could we say that this morning? Could we say, let's just be real, you know? Let's, let's just be real. However, when we talk about being real, let's talk about his view, his dreams, his priorities, his perspectives, because they tend to be different than ours. Like we might talk about being real. I'm just going to be real. But, but are we actually being who he says we are? Um, slightly different, but sort of the same. My friend Marvin Dennis, he used to say, or at least said to me a few times, he said, um, you be who God made you to be and do what God made you to do. But essentially he said this, but don't do what you think you can do or be who you think you are, but do what he says you can do and be who he says you are. Mm, those sometimes are somewhat different. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thought than your thoughts. Or in Psalm 139, 14 through 16, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist said. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your... Well, it's just so powerful that if you read it too fast, you lose some of the impact. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. You want to talk about who knows who you really are? Man, they had a song in the day, Tom. This was probably from the 70s. It was a Jesus tune by, I cannot believe I just thought of this. This is not in my notes. By Andres Blackwood and Company. I'm pretty sure. I could have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And the song was, You Know Me Better Than I Know Myself. Yeah. It's true. He does. That's impressive. <laughs> he knows us better than we know us. Samuel said this with the word of the Lord to Samuel. First Samuel 16, verse 7, part B. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Samuel was out there, right, looking for... A king, and the word of the Lord said, For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Or Ephesians 2.10, which of course is, For we are His workmanship. And carry it out. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which He prepared in advance for us. But catch that. Whose workmanship are we? Are we, as is it Picasso that painted a painting of himself in the mirror? We, we paint our own image of ourselves. We Paint what we see of us, but that's not an accurate depiction outside of the perspective that comes from the Father. 
breathe, Ron. That's a long sentence. It's important to get that because we want to be real. But we need to really be who He made us to be. Because inasmuch, again, as we need to be real, therein lies the problem, right? Because what am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be a real loaf of bread? I mean, what what is it? I can be real. I'm going to be real. But but what I have to be is, is me. But there again is the challenge. Whose version of me will I be? All right, I'm in your business now. Hmm? Some of us have been living our version for a very long time, and it will take a significant act of consecration and a supernatural boatload of grace for there to be any significant adjustments. Both of those are completely doable. Did you hear me this morning? I said both of those are completely doable. Consecrate Jesus as Lord in your heart and all the grace you need to be His version of you. You will find those. And your relationships and your life and your destiny will never be the same. Your interactions, the the level of peace and joy that you walk in will be unimaginable. Let's be real. Right? But before we get too busy being real, let's have a bit of a reality check. Because a lot of what we call being real is actually just being soulish. Go ahead and say amen right there. I mean, unless everyone here is completely different than me, that statement is absolutely true. Because there are times when we would just say, hey, I'm just being real. Oh, you're not. You're being soulish. I mean, you're being real soulish. I suppose you could make an argument, but, but let's, we're going to define this, this concept of real in just a second. But let's start with this word soulish, because our soul, our suke in the original Greek, is a combination of the body and the spirit, man. This is an extended teaching. We won't take too much time with it today. But Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that's what gives us our conscience and personality. It's the soul that is subject to judgment, needs saved. You know, we talk about saving your soul. We talk about that. Okay, there's a lot there, all right? The word soulish best translates the Greek word Sukinos, which is the adjective of the word suki, which is translated soul. Stay with me for a second. Kind of teachy. Check out these verse translations, though, that use the adjective, right? Natural or sensual for the Greek word, which is sukinos, meaning soulish, which again is derived from that word soul. First Corinthians two fourteen is one example. But the natural, the word literally best translates honestly soulish. It's that same word sukinos. Soulish man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You following me? 1 Corinthians 15, 44 through 46. It, meaning the body, is sown a natural, soulish, same word, sukinos, body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural, back to the same word, sukinos, soulish body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living soul. That's that word, suke. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit, Numa. This is good stuff right there. Ah. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is soulish, and afterward that which is spiritual. Or James. <laughs> yeah. 
James 3, verse 13 through 15, says this, Who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you? Let him... Listen, this is being real, okay? James, you want to talk about being real? That's what James is saying. Look right here. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom... This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, same word, soulish, devilish. Or lastly, just one last reference to this concept of soulish. Because if I'm going to talk about being real, I want to make sure we're kind of clarifying what the Lord would want us to mean by that. Because our language sometimes gets a little convoluted in America. You know, I'm the captain of slang, okay, I understand that. But I want us, when we apply this concept of being real to our Christianity, our spirituality, I want us to make sure we're on point with what... Matters to him, Jude one nineteen. These are the ones who cause divisions. Sukinos again, soulish, worldly minded, devoid of the spirit. Because sometimes I'll say I'm just being real, but yeah, I'm being real soulish. Okay, that's the reality. Sometimes that happens. Has that ever happened to anyone else? Like you're really kind of. We use these phrases sometimes. We'll we'll say, well, I'm just fleshing out, you know, or whatever. I'm just manifesting. Now I've said to many of us including myself, just because you got a title for it don't mean you should do it. <laughs> All right. I'm just fleshing out. Like that somehow, since we got descriptive terms, that makes it okay. No, it does not make it okay. All right. Let's be real about that, right? How about these precursors? I'm going to be real with you. Man, when you hear that, do you back up just a little bit when someone says, I'm just going to be real with you? Kind of depends on the tone they use, because you don't know if they're going to be real about them or they're going to be real about you. <laughs> you know how it is. You know, the word says confess your sins. Just confess your sins, you know. <laughs> we like to confess everybody else's sins. I'm just being real. <laughs> right? Or, it's good to laugh in the house of the Lord. This is seriously funny. Which is, again, kind of ironic. But how about this one? I'm just going to be honest. Which sometimes is code for I'm just going to be rude. Right? Y'all know I'm telling the truth, okay? Here's something I, I believe about honesty. Honesty always leads to humility. That's what honesty leads to. I mean, if the Lord begins to move in us to be honest with someone or with ourselves, man, it moves us to humility. It's a humbling thing. Come on. There's no, there's no place for cocky or arrogant in that moment. Do we mean honest when we say real? Yeah, absolutely, we do. Hear me. But we mean more than that. To be real, by definition, is to be authentic, genuine. Your generation would say legit. That's legit. That's when y'all would say, that's legit. What we mean by that is, no, that, that was for real, for real right there. Okay? That was the real stuff. That was what it was supposed to be. That's what we said it was. Listen and hear this and hear this very well because there is danger in what I am saying if you hear it wrongly. Okay? I am, you need to know this. I am adamantly opposed to pretending, but I am also adamantly opposed to settling. I don't want us to pretend. I don't want us to pretend we got it all together. I don't want us to hold our peace, as it were, when we're walking through something or dealing with something. That's not what I am saying. All right? But I am saying that we have gotten to a place where we make excuse for 
not being who God made us to be. And I will say this unapologetically. We have the grace to choose to live our destiny as sons and daughters. We have the grace for that. We can live as sons and daughters of the Most High King. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given us everything we need. Say everything. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine uh nature. That's called redemption right there. That's when our soulish tendencies and activities are redeemed by the divine power to create in us a divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 and 9. Lots of scripture. And God is able to make... Uh, that's stout. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. This morning's word almost couldn't be more simple. It is simply this. It is a call to transact on that grace. That grace right there. That's what this word is. This this word is a call to transact on that grace that is for all things and at all times. So that we can live out. We can be real. We can walk into the most significant and even sometimes difficult situations. And we can be sons and daughters. We can be who we're made to be. We can be children of God. We can live in that destiny and nothing or no one will rob us of that. We can be that. That's some serious grace. James 1, 23 through 25 gives us an expression of the choice that we have to make. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. He's like, you know, you walk up in the mirror and you look at that and you like all disheveled and your hairs and you got stuff and then you walk away and you say, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> However, Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting that they, what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now listen, I don't even think that that's specifically, I checked a good bit in the verbiage of that, that's not so much even saying that I'm going to, okay, yeah, I'll bless what you do, but it is rather that you're blessed in doing. Like in that moment, you, you don't have to strive to make God things happen. It just flows out of who you are. Again, I think the scripture speaks of destiny. Of when we're able to be real. We're able to look in that mirror and not feel defeated or disgusted. That's a big hard word. But we look at that and we know, no, I got grace for this. God is going to grow me through this. Look who I am becoming in Him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go live that out. Coming to the place where only, only his opinion matters. When we walk in the, that grace, we can be real. Here it is. We can be real without being ruled. 
Hmm? That's when we can be real without being ruled by our flesh. We can be real. We can just we can we can be honest with people. We can be honest about where we are and where our struggles are. We can be vulnerable and transparent. We can be honest with our friends who might be struggling. We can love them, right? Honest. We, we can tell them the truth in love. We can do those things that we were meant to do. We can live that kind of life. We don't have to stuff it. We're not asking someone to stuff it. The Lord doesn't say, no, don't, don't be honest. Stuff that. But He is saying, surrender that to me. Don't just live out of this place. That's the, but let me come in there and surrender that to me. Be honest about it. Walk with brothers and sisters. Be healed. Be whole. Be free. Be real. But don't be ruled. Did you ever hear someone say stuff like this? Hey, I got a temper. That's just the way I am. I'm just being real with you. They got grace for that. They got forgiveness for that. They got deliverance from that. Is Ron trying to cookie cutter the church today? No. Are you kidding? Are you looking at me right now? Do I look like cookie cutter? Seriously? Okay. Can I be real? People ask me to do revivals. I, I tell Karen all the way there, they do not know what they're getting here. You know, I was, I'm a revival preacher. They ask me back. People like real. Real. Real is saying, look, I'm really messed up. God's really good to me. Real is saying, I'm a, I have walked through some hard things, but I am not a victim. I am a victor. I'm just being real. Really real. That's my destiny as a son and daughter. You want me to be real? I said, that's my destiny as a son and daughter. That's my destiny as a son. <laughs> just to set the record completely straight. <laughs> and some of your destinies. Misty Keene. She just called me Gail. Which happens to be a guy name. My guy name. <laughs> You're in so much trouble. Yes, there is grace for that. Sometimes we'll just, you know, we'll just step out there, man, and we're just going to, we'll just give ourselves a license. Seriously. Well, and the reason, the excuse that we'll use, it's sad because that's not real. That's not who we're really made to be. The thing about wrong is it's never right. At least wrong's consistent. You know? But the truth is, there's grace for even being wrong. But choosing to be wrong and calling it real, not okay. Here's a reality check for us. We have all we need to be who, who he says we are in his story. Ephesians 3.20, he, Paul said, is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. Right? Romans 8, 5, and 6. I'm not going to take time to teach this in depth, but this is something that's really foundational to us in the kingdom of God, certainly here in Dwelling Place. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, right? On what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on things that the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the Spirit is peace. And that opportunity to choose, we call it the swivel chair, that's grace. Great grace. It is the divine nature. It is what Peter spoke of. Again, I'll say this one more time. We don't have to flesh out or manifest. 
Isn't that good news? We don't have to do that. It's not our destiny. Now, I hope you hear this, and I hope you hear it real well, because I'm going to need you to remember this for me, okay? Not just for you, but for me. There's a ton of grace if you do. Got grace for that too. They do have grace for that. Not grace so that we will flesh out, but grace so that if we flesh out, we can still walk in freedom. We can walk past that. We can live past that. And we can grow away from that to a place of maturity, right? No one, here's something I know. I said this uh, recently over a, a bowl of bull and, Joan, uh, bull and Bones chili. And I was chatting to Rick, actually. And I just said to him, you know, one thing I know in Dwelling Place, we're just talking about some of the things we love about this body. And I said, one thing I know is that I'll never uh, be shunned here. I'm never going to get chunked under the bus. No matter how much I were to mess up. Now, I may be dealt with, honestly. uh, And um, there's discipline in the kingdom of God. But here's one thing you've got to know. Is that we will laugh with you and we will cry with you. But our heart for you. His heart for us. Is not only that we would be real. But that we would be really free. Yeah. That we would be really free. Romans 8. Back to Romans 8. 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation. Just in case you were starting to get heavy. Like my word, you were maybe, you know, devil's lying saying, oh, the brother's saying, you know, all that stuff where I can't even be real in dwelling place. Whoa. I didn't say that. I just want us to grow. Right? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus or I would already have been judged. I'm just telling you. True story. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that's the key. Again, we can go back a few weeks and listen to some podcasts. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, set me free from the law of sin and death. So again, we don't have to hide or pretend. We can be real with God and with one another. In fact, we must be real with God and with one another. We have to be. It's necessary to come and say, I have failed in this way, or I'm struggling with this. Hidden sin is not sin that we will ever be free from. We don't need to stuff it, but we do need to surrender it. And church, we need to be real, but we need to be real in the presence of an awesome God. An awesome, loving, forgiving God, but an awesome God nonetheless. God, I'm going to come be real with you. And I know who you are. And I know you hold judgment in your hand and have given me grace instead. And I'm thankful for it. Just speaking, shifting gears here. Just me personally. Hear this. I want to be in a place. Hence the reason I'm in this place. Where I can be real and honest. And genuine with you. And before you. But that's a vulnerable place to be. It's a good place. But it's a vulnerable place. I've stood here lots of times in the last 3.3 years or whatever and been pretty transparent. Most specifically about some of my pain struggles, 
while in the middle of all of that, I want everyone to be healed and I'm still carrying some of my own pain. I mean, those are, I'm just being real. Those are challenges. And when I'm vulnerable, I I get a lot of words. I don't get all good words. That transparency, that vulnerability sometimes comes with a bit of a cost. But the reward. And you can be that. You can be honest and you can be vulnerable if you know who you are. I want to grow. I want to change. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. I don't want to hide. Hiding feels a bit safer. It isn't. That's a deception and a lie. I said it feels safer. There's a whole lot of things that feel that are the feelings, right? can be very inaccurate. I want to be real about church and dwelling place. You know, I mean, I want to be real about the preaching. I want to be real that I, sometimes I struggle. I, you know what? I'll just say, last Sunday morning in first service was hard for me. I felt like I was, I know it was God. It was God's word. I'm not apologizing for that word. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, uh, how to say, um, I'm going to be what I think God wants us to be. Now, you know, sometimes I need a rebuke in the foyer. And some of you give it to me. Now, Kathy's shaking her head. No, you're the one that give it to me sometimes. Because you rebuke me for being hard on me. Ah, now you feel better, don't you? She was like, I've never said that was a horrible word. What are you doing? Last week, it was Marcy McDermott who's spoken in my life. That was a good word. Uh, I was struggling. Well, back up a little, brother. She started speaking into me. Now, I was able to be real. That was what I was feeling. And it wasn't that it was completely inaccurate. Sometimes I'll be honest, preaching. Sometimes I say this, it's like walking uphill. (laughs) Sometimes it's like sledding back down. Because we're still, you know, cloaked in humanity. And my flesh gets in mine and God's way quite a lot. But if I'm real about that, guess what happens to me? Probably nobody grew more last week than me. God's Word changed my life last week. A couple of weeks ago, I was preaching about dancing in the rain. Who do you think need to dance in the rain? Now I'm being real. I'm being real as a son. Sometimes on Sunday morning, you know, we, we in dwelling place, we don't want to do anything to limit the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's pretty crazy. Crazy is... Crazy can be good in God. Sometimes it's chaotic, which I don't think God's ever the author of chaos. Just being real, you know? We're not going to close the door, though, just because we're cloaked in humanity, and sometimes we miss it. That's where the grace comes in. Remember? Remember that passage of Scripture I read a few moments ago? And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound... In what? Every good work. God's way, it works. We prophesy around here. We speak words. I got words. Man, the supernatural conference or the conference on the supernatural, a couple of big words spoken into my life. There were two words that both read my mail and were slightly 
depending on how you discern them, could be somewhat contradictory. And they, both those people were obedient and had a voice from God. I'm just being real. So what, what do you do? You pretend, I don't know what that meant. Are you supposed to leave the sanctuary that day going, I just better pretend that I got it because I don't want anyone to think I'm not as spiritual as they are. I mean, can we just be real? This is, this is a place where we can't afford to live that way. We need a reality check. We need to sit down with the brother or sister and say, okay, I have no idea what that was. But... And, and be gracious in that. Don't be cynical. Don't be judgmental. There's a way to be honest and not flesh out. Now, if you flesh out, did I say there was grace for that? I said that. Didn't I say that? I said that. Because I'm going to need that grace. You know the way, uh, one of the best ways, though, to walk in grace for that is to do this. Scoot over, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Is to go, okay, Tom, I need you to pray for me right now. I am not literally right now, but, well, I'll always take some prayer. But, you know, Tom, I'm just, I don't know. I've just about had it. You know, I'm just, I'm this close. It's that phone call that says I'm about to kick somebody's tail. That keeps you from kicking somebody's tail. There's grace for that. There's God for that. That's walking together as brothers and sisters. We're not going to stop prophesying. Are you kidding? God's doing so much amazing. Both of those words were from God, incidentally, for me. And it was the Lord just saying, now I want you to come and process this with me. Praying. You know, we pray for each other up here on Sundays sometimes. I think I heard something and I pray that prayer. And I'll say, you know, how does that resonate? And I can tell I'm getting a polite response. It was good. That was good. No, really. What's going on with you? Okay, maybe I heard that wrong. Just being real. Well, here's really what's happening. I mean, I appreciate that prayer, but can we be that kind of safe place? Or or are we so far from the grace that God gives that we're going to wear we're going to be offended and I don't think so. Because here's a little FYI about dwelling place. We're not flatline. I'll tell you that's for sure true listen it's hard to find which part of this building is the front and we stuff it full of folks every Sunday anyway I mean I gotta let y'all out of here in a minute or y'all never clear the parking lot because trust me there'll be people standing against the wall in the second service too and there's a, this is a great first service crowd I appreciate you coming to this service please keep coming to this service we need you to come to this service the reason that folks are here is because God is showing up. It's not, it's not a leadership thing. It's, it's a God thing. It's because we're not flatlined. It's boom, 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 boom. It's alive and well. And, and the rhythm of grace is what weaves that together. Saves us from offense, right? Causes unity. Grace is it's like the O-ring of life in this whole story of being real 
That's what grace is to me. I, you know, it gives us some elbow room. So when we bump up against each other, we're not like, hey, get off me. We're more like, oh, it's good to be alive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. I'd rather dance all over the top of each other than not dance at all. Bumping and bouncing and living and loving. You know the O-ring in the whole rocket, the rocketology thing, you know? In rocket science, that it's, it's amazing to me, the technology that goes into building a rocket, right? That's some... But that little O-ring, man, that's just a little rubber gasket, but you can't survive without it because that kind of force and the margins, right, the tolerances... It just changes in, in this case, changes in the weather, the temperature, the moisture. Could create system failure. And there are a lot of things in our lives that are constantly changing. We're going through all kinds of experiences and circumstances in this room of every different kind simultaneously. Think about that for a second. And here we sit as family. And I hope it's family that can be real. Because of grace. Allows for those tolerances. I don't want to pretend. Neither do I want to justify or excuse. I just want to be real. Genuine. When I'm wrong, correct me. In love. You're worried I'm setting myself up. You know, i got grace for that. Plus, I'll come to you and say, Kathy, <laughs> tell Ernie to be nice to me. <laughs> I need you both. Ernie is nice to me. You buy the next cup of coffee. Jesus said it this way in John eight thirty one and 32. He said, the scripture says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth... What they said, what you said, it will set you free. So I wonder if this morning, if we could just be real. Could we take a few minutes? It's 10.05. I don't have to push you out the parking lot just yet. I got a minute more closer to a minute than in the normal context in which I use it. A few minutes. <laughs> but maybe there's something going on in your heart today. You just need to be real with someone. You don't need to stuff it. You don't need to wait till it's a volcanic eruption and all your friends are burned back. Maybe you just need to come be real. Say, God, here's where I'm at. This is 
you know, this is where my heart is. It doesn't have to be a big deal to be a big deal to him. He counts your hairs, I'm just saying. Maybe you things are going well, and but there's just a fear or concern. I don't know. Maybe you just want to be closer to him. Maybe you're praying for financial miracle a relational healing or someone who's in your family that's far from God and you just need to be real you just need someone to say hey I want to be genuine about this this is big and a burden to me and I'm glad I got family I don't need to carry this alone not here come on y'all Isn't the Spirit of God sweet in this place right now? It's very sweet. So I'm just going to ask you, if you've got something you want to be real with God about, you just want to bring, and you'd like the family, maybe to pray with you about. I'm going to leave it that wide open. I'm going to ask you just to come and kneel, face in the front. Just come and maybe do this. Just face the front, and a sister will come and pray with you. In fact, let me ask for some ministry team leaders and life group leaders, if you could come right now. Life group leaders, team leaders, ministry team leaders, if you could come. Yeah. Now, if you want someone to pray with you too, then when that person gets there that you're going to pray with, be real with them. (laughs) And say, I need you to pray with me too. Okay? Do that. Will you do that? Guys? I ain't trying to keep you from being able to be real. so Because some of you are thinking, oh, man, I was going to kneel and face the front. That's okay. We can be real right here. So I'm just going to ask you, if you just need someone to pray with you about something, you just want to be in a safe place for prayer, step up and step out and come now and find someone to pray with. On the count of three. One, two, three. Go. Come on. I know you're there. Come on. Be real. Let's go.